Hey friends, Trisha Goyer here. Every week we are sharing true stories of ordinary people who have discovered hope and truth for God's word. This is the Walk It Out podcast. friends, welcome back to Walk It Out. I am so thankful that you're here. Now, one of the things that I'm really loving is the ability to share real friends with you. And I just love being able to introduce you to people that have made a huge impact in my life. And today's guest is one of those people. Janet McHenry is an author, a speaker, a blogger, and I met her in 1994 at the Mount Hermon Christian Writers Conference. We're going to talk a little bit more about that in the podcast, but she's just been a dear friend and a prayer warrior for my life. I just love how when I ask Janet to pray that I know she's going to do it. And we all need people like that in our lives. What I also love about Janet's story is she's going to share how God just stirred her up and encouraged her to step out of her front door and how that has impacted her community and her life. I know that Janet's story will inspire you. Now, I have a little story of my own, kind of similar to Janet's story. I talk about it in my book, Walk It Out, but I wanted to share a little bit about it with you today. Years ago, John and I, when we lived in Montana, he had a coworker named Skylar. Now, John loved Skylar. They got along so well, and John would always tell me that we needed to invite Tara and Skylar, Tara's his wife, over for dinner. They had a couple kids. He just thought we would get along so well. Well, the thing was, I had met Tara a few years before at a Christmas party, and I was so intimidated by her. She was the pioneer woman, Martha Stewart, all wrapped up into one. They had cattle that they raised. She um, grew her own vegetables in her garden. She made homemade pies. She stamped her own cards. I remember as we sat and chatted and she told me about her life, I just felt like I didn't measure up at all. I mean, I loved Costco and I loved getting the frozen chicken nuggets and putting those on the pan and having that for dinner and was super intimidated by Tara. Well, one day when I was having my quiet time, I said this prayer. I said, God, you know, really just show me who I can reach out to today. And Tara and Skylar's name came to mind. And I thought, really, God, (laughs) this is what you have. Um, This is who I'm supposed to reach out to. But I did it. I ended up calling Tara and said, you know, John and I would just love to invite you two over for dinner. And she said, oh, wonderful. I just made some homemade peach pies. I would be happy to bring one. And I said, yes, that would be wonderful. And my mind is racing thinking, oh my goodness, what am I going to cook now? But the funny thing is, I don't even remember what we ate. I don't even remember her pie. I'm sure it was delicious, but they had just been at our house about five minutes when Tara started asking me about God and faith and church and Bible study and what I did to teach my kids about the Bible. She had been raised in a home that was not Bible believing, but she really wanted that for her kids. And after that night, we just spent more time together. They started attending church. They attended Bible study. They uh, got baptized a little while later. They ended up serving with us in Children's Church for many, many years. And I just think, 
where would I have been if I had kept that comparison keeping me at bay, holding me back? I never would have had that wonderful relationship. Years later, Tara and I, we would walk together in the mornings, talk together, pray together. And this was in Montana. So there were some winter mornings. I would have icicles on my eyelashes as we walked and we talked and we prayed. But I am so thankful for that friendship. And I'm so thankful that I paused and asked God, who do you want me to reach out to today? And Janet's going to share a little bit about her story and where God led her out and how her prayers impacted her community. But I just really encourage you as you're listening to her story, start thinking of that yourself, asking God, who can be impacted by my life? And here we go. Hi, Janet. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Tricia. How are it's you? so great to hear your voice. I'm doing good. Yeah. My kids are at therapy, so it's a quiet house. <laughs> okay. I so wonder- I'm enjoying that. So for those of you who um, may not know you, I would just love for you to just share a little bit about yourself. Well, I, I just kind of call myself an ordinary woman. I, I married my high school sweetheart, Craig, uh, after college, and we have four kids, and they're all uh, done with college now, and they're all married. They're even gainfully employed, which is pretty exciting. Uh, <laughs> we <laughs> we uh, we love spending time with our 10 grandchildren when we get to see them. Uh, six of them are near us, and Craig's a rancher here in the Valley, and uh, I'm retired from teaching high school English, but I hope no one holds that against me. Um I, I love writing. I am a writer too. And uh, since retirement in the last year, I've written three more books. And um, I work at my church like a lot of people do. I coordinate the prayer ministries. And um, my favorite days, though, absolutely, since this summer, are kayaking with my husband, Craig, on our the mountain lakes that are around us here. That is so cool. And you live in the beautiful Sierra Nevadas. So yeah, it's beautiful. Lots a beauty around you. And we met, okay, so was it 94 the year that wow. we met? Uh, it, it was in I the, was, yeah, about the mid-90s. Well, I was pregnant with Nathan, I think, my first writer's conference. There we go. Um, so 1994 was when he was yeah. born. It was like three weeks before I had my baby. I made it to my very first writer's conference. That was a, that was a wonderful, wonderful conference meeting you and and some of the other younger writers at that time, uh, you were so inspiring. <laughs> yeah, I was 22. I mean, I cannot even think about that now. Um, but just I loved and what I loved most is meeting you and Robin. Of course, I already knew Cindy, but Marlo. I mean, we, there were so many of us um, that were just getting started writing and, you know, wanting to get published. And I started a email loop. This is before they had Facebook private groups or any of those things. Right. So an email loop and uh, we would send prayer requests back and forth for years and just sharing what was going on in our lives. Um, I think there was 15 of us and we got to meet in person a couple times. And I mean, I honestly, when people talk about getting published, like what was the key? I honestly think that gathering those women or, you know, people around you that will encourage you and inspire you and pray for you. Um, Cause I don't think any of us had the opportunity to give up because the rest of us no, were going to let no. that happen. No, we, we held each other accountable to that, you know, asking about how each other was doing and really praying each other through crises of our lives. It was really a significant uh, friendship. Yeah. And uh, one of our members, Anne lived in the Netherlands, still lives in the Netherlands and um, you know, God had just has taken us on so many adventures. And I think one of the funniest things was 
um, one of our members, Wanda, her daughter was getting her email for her when she um, was staying with her. And so I think she was printing them up or something for her. And, and uh, Andrea thought her mom was part of a fiction writers group because there's so many people going on adventures. And I think Anne was in Africa. Different people were just around the globe uh, taking these steps of faith for God that he thought we were all just making up these stories that we were yeah. writing about ourselves. <laughs> yeah, we've lived some we've lived some crazy lives since then, I would say. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And I mean, so many books have come out of that and just friendships, which I just appreciate this friendships um, most of all. And it's just amazing to see what God has done in your life. And um, especially just the journey he's taken you with basically started with stepping out of your home and a ministry that he had kind of right outside your doorstep. So I would love for you to share just about what God led you to, the ministry he led you to, and then really the scripture that kind of took you on that journey. Well, about 19 years ago, I had read the scripture in 1 Peter 1.16 that says, be holy because I am holy. And it kept bugging me because I was anything but holy at that time. I was a physical mess. I wasn't regularly spending time with God. And then I, I sort of got a nudge right soon after that when I fell down my back steps because my knee had given way. So I, I knew I needed to do something about my health. I was way overweight and I was taking painkillers at night to go to sleep. But I also knew that God for some time had been drawing me to spend more time with him. So the next morning, I got up a little bit earlier, put on sweats, and went out walking. And because I'm a great multitasker, I also decided, I'll just pray while I walk. And so there I went with my little prayer requests out onto the streets of my town. Mm, and what did you discover along the way? I mean, I love how you talk about that multitasking and being able to just pray um, when you walked. But what did God have in store with you? Because I know it expanded just beyond your prayers. Well, um, at first I was walking and praying for what I call the minus of my prayers, my husband, my kids, my job. But then I saw what I call a single daddy's ballet. I was actually walking past this little daycare center downtown called Toddler Towers, which is pretty funny because there are no to towers here in my little town. <laughs> In the Sierra Valley. It was a one-story building, Toddler Towers was. But I saw this young man drive up in a pickup truck, and he got out on the other side, and I'm just walking by and praying, you know, just doing my merry thing. And he got out this blanketed bundle, and then he met the daycare worker up on the sidewalk. And right at that moment, the, the little baby said, Bye, Daddy, love you. And I knew at that moment that God had me out walking and praying, not so much for the minus of my prayers, but for the needs of the people in my community. So I began praying for everything that I saw, everything God put within my eyesight, the, the mill workers going to the mill, the loggers going out into the woods, the commuters going to Reno. It wasn't, it wasn't even six o'clock yet in the morning, but people were buzzing and out and, and doing things. And I pray for the business owners on Main Street, and I pray for the people whose homes I passed. So um, God took the minus of my prayers, and he called me into a ministry of prayer walking for my town. And I just love that. And I know that, I mean, I just got goosebumps just hearing you talk about this, because I know when you went to the grocery store, or I mean, anytime you interacted, I, I'm sure that just completely changed how you saw people, how you interacted with people, because you'd been praying for them. I know when I go to church and 
you know, someone's been on my heart all week and um, I may not, may not even know why. And I walk up to them and say, you know, I've been praying for you. I mean, there's just that bond. How did you see that within your own community, maybe that bond building uh, between you and the people that live there? Well, um, one example, one day uh, a man called me up and his name is Bob. And he said, I heard you've been praying for my wife. Well, his wife um, had degenerative disease of the eyes and she was completely losing her eyesight, which the two of them worked together in their little restaurant business. So this was a really, really tough thing for her. And uh, he said, I just want you to know that the doctor says her eyes are getting better. There were just little incidents like that, that just when I wanted to just stay in bed and be cozy and get a little more sleep, that just nudged me to get out there and continue interceding for my town. So it was pretty exciting. The little stories I would hear, I was not out there flashy, like, hey, look at me, I'm praying out on the street corner. I was just silently walking up and down the streets of my town. But uh, word would eke out every once in a while, and I'd hear some wonderful stories. Hmm, I just love that so much. And how did it change um, your walk with God, but also, you know, you talked about being holy. I mean, how did it change everything about your life? Well, um, my perspective began to change so that I realized that even if I wasn't actually out walking and praying, that everywhere I went, there was a need for prayer. Um, Steve Hawthorne calls this uh, praying on site with insight. And so I, I realized one day when I walked into my school where I was teaching high school English, oh my goodness, I could just pray for each student as they came into my classroom. Even when I was in the teacher's room, which can be a pretty grouchy kind of place, I could pray for the teachers as they complained and moaned and groaned about, you know, the things that they were having to do and this student or that student. And so instead of um, seeing problems or whatever, God began to help me realize that prayer is a first response, should be a first response for us rather than a, a last resort. Everywhere we go, there's a need for prayer. Mm, I love that. And I know that a book um, ended up coming out of it. So tell us a little about that and what God has done through that book. Um, it was pretty funny. Uh, at the time, um, our mutual agent, uh, Janet, told me, she says, I I think you need to write about this prayer walking thing. And I said, you know, I, I think that's just really five words. You walk in, you pray. And she said, oh, no, <laughs> I think it's a book. <laughs> so it, it did become a book. It's called Prayer Walk. Um, becoming a woman of prayer, strength, and discipline. And um, it's had many printings still in print since 2001. And um, it's really exciting to hear from people as they say that they began the same thing too and how it changed them and their communities. Now, I can definitely hear that it's changed, you know, just your heart for prayer. And I know it's inspired me too. Um, because I know just praying with you and being a prayer partner with you and hearing about how, you know, you're just saying there's so many things we could pray about. Even in my home, as I'm folding laundry, I'll uh, pray over the kids' pants and shirts and pray for that child that I'm folding laundry. I mean, there's just so many opportunities, even if we are in our home, you know, I'm a homeschooling mom, so I'm in my home most of the day, but there are so many opportunities inside our home. But also physically, how did you change physically as you're out there? and moving your body and uh, prayer walking? 
Well, there um, were actually three different kinds of changes. The first being physical, I lost two dress sizes and those aches and pains that I was having to take painkillers for, um, the huffing and puffing up and downstairs. I didn't, I didn't have experience that anymore. I was free from those pains that were really gnawing at me. Um, I also became emotionally free. I became, I was a woman who was clouded with depression. I was a woman who was crying in closets, you know, because I could not handle life. So that lifted from me as well as just kind of crazy irrational fears. So there's spiritual changes too. Yeah, I just love that how God, I mean, he knew when he put it on your mind, let me just get out and walk. He had so much more in store um, than we even imagine. And I mean, that's how God's word is. You know, we think like, okay, I'm going to obey and it's going to be about this one thing. And God's saying, I have so much more for you. So what would you say to encourage someone that's maybe like listening to this and just inspired to maybe get out and start walking and praying for their own community? Well, um, first make sure that, you know, health wise that this is that you can do this. You know, if you have, you know, health conditions that would could be exacerbated by going out and walking, check with your doctor first, but really you don't need anything fancy. You need just a good pair of shoes that are going to support your feet and, and help out your joints and just, uh, just dress for the weather. I would say I live in the Sierra Valley. It's going to start snowing pretty quickly. So I have walking boots that I can use. I have poles that help me when it's um, like unsteady land and things like that. So just, you know, just to be wise, to be careful and start out slowly, you know, just start out with maybe 10, 15 minutes, you know, increase as you are able. Um, I was always intrigued by the idea of, uh, you know, Jesus said, um, couldn't you just tarry one hour? And I mm. thought, I thought, Terry, one hour, you know, how could I possibly spend that much time in prayer? But as I've been prayer walking, when I, when I'm done with an hour, I think, but there's so much more to do, God, there's so much more to pray. There's so many more needs, but, uh, just start out slowly. And, uh, also just another kind of uh, practical suggestion is to, after about five minutes, you know, just stop and stretch a little bit. I wouldn't stretch ahead of time. You could snap something, but after you're warmed up, you can stretch and definitely do a good stretch when you are finished. Now, have you ever had anyone join you on your prayer walks? Oh, I've had several great prayer walking partners. Um, I even had my friend June who uh, into her 80s was prayer walking. Mm. So if you're out there and you're on the little on the older side uh, and you're thinking, oh, no, I'm too old to start anything like that. She started that well into her late 70s and she was walking with me. So uh, I think I think anybody can do it. Um, you know, get yourself uh, the right equipment and, uh, check with your doctor. Yeah. I love that. In my neighborhood, I had a friend, she actually went to my church and we figured that out, you know, after I'd been going to church there for a couple of years that we lived probably five blocks apart. And, um, I had asked her, I said, would you like to get up and walk with me in the morning and come to find out she was already up and walking her dog. And so for about a year, we were able to go out there and walk the neighborhood and talk and pray, um, and she had her dog with her and she ended up moving away. But that was just such a great time for me in my neighborhood to get out. But I've been missing that. I don't have her saying, texting me saying, are you ready to go? So um, just talking to you is just an encouragement. Like, oh, okay, I could do this. Like, I don't need to, um, you know, have a friend. I mean, it is wonderful to have a friend, but this is something that we could also 
do on our own um, and just know that that it is a great time uh, to talk to God. And I think so many times we think that we need to be listening to podcasts or listening to audiobooks or listening to music. But I just love just taking that time to go before God and really just pour out our hearts to him for our family and for our community. So I love that. Right. And if people think, well, I can't go because I don't have a partner. Just remember the scripture, Revelation 3.20, when Jesus said, behold, I stand at the door and knock. So I picture that him as my personal trainer and he's out there waiting for me and he wants me to go out and help. And he'll help me see the needs of my community and pray more kind of um, insightfully. Hmm, I love that. So that you mentioned that was what, 19 years ago, what is God currently doing in your walk with him? Well, um, even though I have retired from teaching, I am still involved with my community, my school community. I serve the students in a couple different ways. I'm a board member for uh, a nonprofit, the Sierra Schools Foundation, and we raise funds to provide extracurricular science programs, field trips, arts experience, computers uh, for the children in our county that is so rural. It's so rural, Tricia, that we do not have a single stoplight in our entire county. <laughs> wow. And I also, um, I'm also still the official basketball ski, uh, scorekeeper for our home games. Um, I just love having my hands in the scorebook and being involved with the kids. And it gives me an opportunity to hang around them and and um, and then some of them still read uh, my blog. I have a blog called uh, Senior Year 101, where I help students and their parents um, work through the process of applying to college and securing financial aid. So that's still something I love doing and I love hearing from people and, and I'm happy to help them. Yeah, so that's Senior Year 101 and we'll make sure and get that in the show notes. And I know I have a senior this year, so Maria's a senior and She's already been accepted to two colleges, and we have a face-to-face meeting with a, a third college. So Nice. It's so exciting, Tricia. I'm so happy. It's for so her. fun. Yeah, and it's so nice that I'm, like, messaging you all the time. Okay, what do I do about this? <laughs> what do I do about that? I'm happy to help. I'm happy to help people if they have, you know, questions. And they can do that through the blog or just by messaging me. Yeah, and this is my fourth child I'm launching, but it almost seems like I'm starting all over again because, um, you know, before they they started at a community college or just something local, and uh, this time I'm like, we're doing the big colleges. <laughs> it's just a different thing. It's huge. It's it's, but it's so exciting, and I'm so happy for her and you. Yeah, it's awesome. So, um, as we're talking about, you know, Senior Year 101 and your blog, tell me a little bit also about what books you're working on. Is there anything fun or exciting that you're working on? This has been a very crazy year. <laughs> I've had a couple experiences where I did two books in a year, but this year I've written three. Um, the first was a book called, it's a gift book. It's called 50 Life Lessons for Grads. And this is a book where recent graduates share their best advice on succeeding in the real world. And it's going to come out with uh, Worthy Publishing next spring. And then I flipped to writing my very first a Mystery for Adults. And it's in a series called The Antique Shop Mysteries. And it's called Bride and Seek. And it just came out in October. Yay! Yay! It was really, really fun. I, I really enjoyed it. And it's really fun to see it in print. And then um, I have another book on prayer that's coming out next year 
I feel like it's it's the true book of my heart. I might be able to retire after this. I don't know. It's it's going to be a very special book, and my publisher doesn't want me to release the title name yet, but it'll be out next summer. Oh, I love that, and I love how um, you just continue to just focus on prayer and just focus on helping people to pray and encouraging them to pray. So for those of us that maybe haven't had a developed quiet time or prayer time, um, you know, hopefully they'll be getting out there and prayer walking, but what does it mean for you to have that time of reading the Bible and praying? Um, I love spending time with God and, um, recently I just, I started a new practice a few years ago, uh, where, uh, I had read through the Bible many, many times, but this year I, um, several years ago, I started using a journaling Bible. So I read through several chapters and it's, um, organized in such a way through a Facebook group where we read through the Bible in a year and, and encourage one another to keep on track with that. And then I, I, I look for the verses always that, that, that are, I feel like God is saying, this is for you, Janet. And then I choose one special one, one or more. And then I kind of write it out somewhat artfully. I'm not very creative (laughs) in that way, but um, it helps me to kind of take time to pause and just meditate on that particular scripture. And I feel like that's, that's my word for the day. And that, that keeps me going. So I do that. And then my prayer time um, obviously is spent, uh, often prayer walking, uh, but also after I'm reading the Bible, praying for my family, uh, particularly in that focus time. I also use a lot of car time, and I bet a lot of listeners do that. Our church is almost an hour away, so I feel like God has given me that time, gives us that time in the car to pray together and uh, pray for the ministry and pray for, um, you know, other people that I know I'm working with in the ministry and and others I know that whose hearts are burdened. And then um, just one more thing I'm doing. I feel like <laughs> one of the reasons that I'm, I'm so involved on Facebook is to really pray for the concerns of people that I'm meeting. And I do when someone asks for prayer, no matter whether I've met that person or not, I do to stop and take a moment to pray for that person and let them know and try to encourage them. There's I lots, love that. Lots of ways yeah. to incorporate prayer throughout your day. Absolutely. And I love that on Facebook. And I think so many times it does get easy when we see a need and we could put a sad face or a heart. Um, But I'm with you when I see that when I see a need, I will, if I especially if I say I'm I'm praying, or even if I don't say I'm praying, I just pause for a minute, you know, 30 seconds, and just lift that person up for prayer instead of just saying, Oh, that's so sad. Um, Even if they're not requesting prayer. I love that how you know, just that is a forum that we didn't have before that we can connect with people and really just take their needs before God. And um, finally, I love what you said about as you're reading through the Bible, you know, writing out the scripture of what God is speaking to you today. And I think really that is my goal in walk it out is not only saying, okay, this is a scripture for us. And yes, we put in our time and yes, we read the Bible, but really pausing. And I think you're doing exactly the same thing and saying, God, what do you have for me to do today? And what are you asking me to walk out? Um, what what scripture, you know, what, what does this mean to me in a practical way, whether it's reaching out to a neighbor, reaching out to someone in my community, reaching out to someone in my church. And I think that is so important. I think we can get in the habit of just having our little devotional book and having our time and having our coffee and tea and you know, filling ourselves up, but really it's for the world. God has us out there walking and taking those steps and 
uh, being out there in the world. And I love how you've done that in a practical way in your community. And I can't wait to see how he's going to continue to have you take those steps of faith as you follow him. Yeah, I, uh, one uh, suggestion if, if people are interested in the journaling Bible kind of experience is then you're done with that Bible. Now, what are you going to do next year? Because you've written in all the margins now. So what, what happens now? So as I started doing this a year ago, I realized I could give one of these Bibles every year to my grandchildren. Mm. So, so this year, uh, the very first of those journal Bible went to the oldest of my 10 grandchildren, and she was pretty excited. I just saw the look on her face like, and I said, so these are for you because God said to not only look for things that stood out to me, but to look for things that stand out to you, that would be important to you. I love that. Yeah. It's so funny because I'm doing almost the exact same thing. Um, I started, I'm on my third year. So I started with my kids because I still have kids at home. Then I'll I'll work on the grandkids. Um, But the first year I did it for Corey and I started on his birthday and so every day when I would read the Bible, I would write a note to him, a prayer for him, a thought for him. Um, and so then on his, you know, after the year on his birthday, I gave it to him. And then I did Leslie and now I'm on Nathan. Um, and I specifically write, you know, not only sometimes it's what I feel God's speaking to me or a prayer um, for our family in general, but sometimes it's specifically for that child. And it's just been amazing to see how God um, has been able to use those. I give Leslie to hers on her birthday this year. And, you know, she said, mom, it was so cool. Cause I was uh, reading um, a devotional book and it brought up the scripture and I went and turned to that scripture and you had written a message that I needed to hear today. So I just love how God does that. And I love how he's doing that with your grandkids too. That's crazy. We're both doing the same thing. I, can't I know we didn't even know. <laughs> no. Really so, cool. yeah, and just think, I um, I have a grandfather that I didn't know. I didn't know my biological dad until I was 28, and um, I met my grandpa after I met my biological dad, and I got to meet him a couple times in person, but he had been a pastor, and he had his Bible with journals and sermon notes, um, and none of his children, well, I guess my aunt is, but my my biological father is not following God and he passed all those things on to me. And so I have my grandpa's old sermons and I just know how much that means to me. And so just knowing these Bibles that we're creating, I mean, these are definitely going to be treasures. Yeah, I hope, I hope so. (laughs) Well, Janet, thank you so much for being on walk it out today. And thank you for all you're doing and thank you. Thank you for just encouraging us to get out and step out the door and walk out our faith. Where could uh, listeners go if they want to find out more about your book, Prayer Walk, or more about the other books that you're working on? There are links to all my books on my website, which is JanetMcHenry.com. So be happy to just hear from people and um, ask me to be your friend on Facebook. I would love to have a chat with you. Yeah. Yeah, I would love that. And I'm sure that people would love to do that and connect with you because I know how inspiring and encouraging um, you have been to me and people need prayer. So we know who to turn to for that. Well, thank you so much. Thank you, Tricia, for walking it out. Today's podcast is brought to you by Walk It Out, published by David C. Cook. Now in the book, I also have questions for reflection and action steps. So here is one of the action steps that I really think applies today. Write one thing you felt God calling you to do, but you've been afraid or unwilling to do it because it's out of your comfort zone. What is God saying to you about it even now? Take a moment, friend. Think about that and write down what is God asking you to do 
and then be willing to walk it out. Thank you so much for joining me on Walk It Out. Today's Walk It Out verse is Matthew 19:26. With man, this is impossible, but all things are possible with God. And that is my prayer for you this week. I pray that you will just find things possible with God as you take those steps of faith. Also, be sure to connect with me online. You can find me on Facebook at author Trisha Goyer, Twitter Trisha Goyer, Instagram Trisha Goyer, pretty much any place you look. Put Trisha Goyer in. That's T-R-I-C-I-A-G-O-Y-E-R. I I would love to connect. I would love to hear from you. And be sure to leave a rating on iTunes. I would love for more people to discover this podcast. Have a blessed week, friends. Today's podcast was edited and produced by Author Media. Opening and closing music is from the song Wide Open Space by Life Worship, used with permission from Integrity Music.